So my brothers and sisters, we have that uh, reading from Isaiah this morning. The land of Zebulun, the land of Nephthali. Each of the regions of Israel was cordoned off because they belonged to the 12 tribes of Israel. So each had their own identity, their own common relationship. And Nebulun and Nephli were the furthest regions, way out there, way in the north, way beyond the Sea of the Jordan River, out in Galilee, onward towards Syria. So there was a distant land. And we see that in the reading today, it says that they were dark and had no light. Well, the reason why they were dark is because they got attacked by the Assyrians hundreds of years before Christ. And they became captive. They were captives before the Babylonian captivity, which took care of the tribes in the southern region. This is the north. So they were alone. They were separated. There were Jews and Gentiles all mixed together. It was probably the most converted, controverted, and struggling part of all of Judea. Nephilim and Zeppelin. So what happened? John dies, the Baptist. And our Lord sets his sights on where he's going to minister. Where does he go? Does he go to Jerusalem? Does he go to the south where everything is hunky-dory? No. He heads north. He goes, as Pope Francis tells us to do, to go to the peripheries. Have you heard him say that? You've heard me say it. <laughs> go to the peripheries. Go to the extremities. I often think about that on Christmas Eve. We have thousands and thousands of people enter this church. But for about an hour, I slip out with John Putnam. And we just walk the streets of Santa Monica and visit the homeless. Because they are the people that Christ would definitely come to in new life, in new birth. He did it then. Francis is doing it now. And hopefully all of us can make some kind of a difference. That's why Africa is such an important ministry. It's the peripheries. It's out there. It's poor. It's struggling. But that's where Christ went. And that's where he wants us to make sure we not neglect. Nephilim. That's the place. And Zebulun. The land beyond the Jordan. The land of the Gentiles. So our Lord chose a tough, a tough ministry. He didn't choose a soft spot. 
He looked for something that was going to challenge him. And it did challenge him. There's no question. Ultimately, it got him his death. But it challenged him. So that's what he did. He leaves the Baptist. He goes out into the hinterlands. And what does he do? Now, wouldn't you think that if you had an angel come to you at the time of your birth and say you were the son of God and the son of man, wouldn't you think you could do it by yourself? I would. I'd say, well, look at me, look at me. I'm going to go out there and sway him, slay him. No. Our Lord goes and finds companions, finds people, Peter, James, Andrew, John, and asks them to accompany him, to be a part of that great ministry that he's about to begin in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. So my brothers and sisters, I think that's an important thought for us. We can't do it alone. We need each other. I need you. I don't know if you need me, but I need you. And it's so important that we're grateful for that. I know that in all my years, all my years, when Sister Edith and I were working in the Office of Religious Education, we were partners. You can't do it alone. You need people with you. Right now I've got some wonderful people on staff who walk with me. We have to have people around us to support us, to encourage us, to tell us the truth. <laughs> you know how easy that is? <laughs> tell us the truth. And walk with people. That's what our Lord did. He was not a one-man show by any stretch, even though he had every right to be. He was not. And so he calls these disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and they immediately, immediately leave their boats and walk with him. They, they, he's got them. They're his. I've thought a lot about that. I thought about that when I was called to priesthood 58 years ago. I was full of enthusiasm. I remember coming with my parents. They took me down to San Pedro, my first assignment. And I can remember it as if it were yesterday. It was in the Harbor Freeway. And I looked out, I saw that big hill. And I said to myself, Lloyd Torgerson, you're going to have the meeting right out of your hand. <laughs> I will conquer these people with God's love. Lots of enthusiasm. But times change, don't they? Challenges take place. Mistakes happen. Failures and successes grow. 
So I think that's what happened to Peter, James, John, Andrew. They went out because they bought it. But they didn't really come to see it until they suffered. Until they failed. And it wasn't until his death and resurrection that they ultimately and finally followed our blessed Lord. I believe that. Now this is my last thought. I'm not going to keep you long today because we have a baptism. But my last thought I think is really something I've been thinking about. So I want you to hear this. When I was ordained, I'm sure it's for you when you got married. You found a treasure, did you not? Your wife, your husband. I found the Lord. I found the treasure. So what did I do? I bought the field. I bought it. I embraced the field with great enthusiasm. I love the field. But what I discovered is that I loved it too much. I spent all of my time tilling the field, working for a community, trying to do my best, trying to make sure that I got things done right, trying to make sure that I had a community of faith that was developed and nourished. And guess what I did? I forgot the treasure. I forgot the treasure. I don't know if this is true of you as husbands and wives, but you get married, you found the treasure, right? I hope so. <laughs> and when you find the treasure, you embrace it, you buy it. But do you sometimes spend more time on the field and forget the treasure? Work hard, get successful, make money, become important, and lose the treasure, lose the love. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I think that's the call of our lives, isn't it? We're all called by Jesus to companion him, to be one with him. No question about it. We're called to go to the extremities, to touch people who are untouchable, who need our care and need our love and our support and need to hear the word of God. And with great enthusiasm, we're called to embrace Whatever vocation God gives to you and to me, and he gives every one of us a vocation. But we can't forget, my brothers and sisters, it's not about the field. It's about the treasure. So whatever we do, whatever I do, whatever you do, please, I beg you, Nourish, support, 
concentrate, care, embrace the treasure. It feels good. We need to do it. But it can't be our primary concern or effort because we'll lose the treasure. And what do we end up with? A field. And I don't know about you, but fields are not enough for me. I don't need a field. I need the treasure. So thank you. Thank you for your continued love and support. You are indeed the treasure of this community of faith. There's no question. The treasure of this community of faith. And for that I am deeply grateful. I love you so much. And I must continue. I, 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 that's where I found it, especially during COVID when I was in this church alone. I missed the treasure. I had the field. But the treasure. So you're it. Thank you. I love you. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Lord. Come on up.